This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. There are so many classics in the Bibles. I guess all of us probably have our favorites. Yours may be the young shepherd boy who had no chance in conquering this mighty Goliath. And we know that he took five smooth stones and was able to to, uh, defeat this mighty Philistine army. That may be one of our favorites. Or it may be be Noah and how he spent a hundred years of his life constructing uh, the ark and how he preached righteousness to a very wicked generation. It may be that, that we, our favorites is the, is the, the story of the, of the walls of Jericho where there was one of the mightiest cities of the, in the world and they built a wall so great that it touched the clouds and how a humble, humble people with a mighty God was able to bring down those walls without even fighting. Story after story we could talk about. I don't know what your favorite is, but I would like to introduce to you one of my favorites, and that is the story of the idol of Dagon. It's one of my favorites because there's a lot of power, a lot of lessons that we can learn, and it kind of gives us a little bit, I guess it gives us an understanding about the character of God. He has a sense of humor, and we're going to see that I feel like in these first 12 verses of, of, uh, of, of Samuel. This morning, we never know the hearts of, of, of the audience, the hearts of our brothers and sisters in Christ, exactly what we're all going through. We don't exactly know that. And it may be this morning that, that you feel hopeless. Maybe you're going through troubles in your family or going through... Uh, relationship issues, and maybe work is not, not going well for you. Uh, it may be that you've kind of taken in all the, all the, the negativity that the news uh, puts within our head and you just feel hopeless this morning. Or it may be this morning that, that you feel that because of certain hardships that you just don't feel like moving forward. Whether it be the case, this story will give us encouragement. And, uh, and before we kind of delve in, if you want to go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter uh, 5, I always like to kind of bring us up to date on what's going on currently before we begin reading. As we remember, there was, there was a woman that was mentioned in the Bible who could not bear children. That's all that she wanted in life, was to have children. And year after year, her husband and her tribe, but but to no avail. And at one point, when she was broken, she cries out to God, and she says, if you will bless me with a child, I will make sure that its ways are committed to you. And God blesses her with a son, Named Samuel. And Samuel was a very special man and served God truly all of his life. She kept her word. 
Well, during this time, she, uh, when he was five, she took him to a man whose name was Eli. Eli was, was a priest at this time, and he was kind of like the ruler of God's people. And he was, he was a good man himself. He was a good priest. And he brought up Samuel uh, in such a way that he would be a mighty man for God. But unfortunately, he failed in some ways too. He failed with, with his two sons. We know that, they did, he, that his sons did many wicked things in the sight of God's people. And unfortunately, he did nothing about those evil things. And so God uh, grew very angry with Eli. And uh, we learned a great lesson that when our children do something evil in the sight of God, that we have to put our foot down and take care of those issues uh, for God's people. And, and uh, we know that he didn't do that. Um, as we know, there was, during this time, there was an adversary for God's people, and that was the Philistine people. And the Philistines, you know, they were one of God's rivalries, it seems like, all throughout the Scriptures. And we learn from this that, that the very first day of battle, the very first day of battle during this time, that the Israelites lost 4,000 men. 4,000. The very first day of battle. This was not going well for them. The second day, they said, we got to do something different. And they should. And so they thought, well, let's take the Ark of the Covenant and let's put that on the battlefield and that will protect us. And it says that when they did this, that all the children of Israel, they shouted. And it said that that shout was so loud that the earth beneath them started shaking. There was basically an earthquake from shouting. That tells us the multitude of the Israelites. There was a, mass, a vast army there. But it wasn't enough, you see. The Philistine was a very tough nation. And they had a very stout army. And this didn't faze them. Although they were afraid for a second, they went ahead and conquered the Israelites at that point. And they won the battle that day. Not only did they win that battle, but they stole the ark. And they took it home with them. So this was not a very good time for the children of Israel. This was a very dark and hopeless period. And so, not only did that happen, but, but we mentioned about uh, the Eli's sons. They died in battle. And messengers went to this priest and said, I hate to say this, but your sons died in battle. At this time, Eli was a very old man. And as older people get, they become overweight. And we learned that this news upset him so much that he fell out of his chair and broke his neck. <laughs> it's, just hard. it's humorous, but it's sad all at the same time. It's just uh, uh, terrible, terrible times. One of, one of these, his son's daughters was pregnant and she had a son. And they named, she named her son Ishabah. And what that means is that the glory of God has left God's people. The glory of God has left the children of Israel. That tells you the state of where they were at. Very hopeless. And so that's what we pick up on reading is in 1 Samuel chapter 5. So what we're going to do is read a couple of verses, talk a little bit about it, read a couple of verses. So we're going to work through these first 
12 verses. So let's, let's begin reading. 1 Samuel chapter 5, and we'll read the first three verses and get started. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. So as we had mentioned, the Philistines stole the children of Israel's most prized possession and they took it back to their homeland and set it in the midst of a temple. They built a temple, a place of worship, if you will, that they had an idol in, and that was the idol of Dagon. Idol of Dagon was a merman. So he, uh, his upper body was that of a, of, a, of a king, if you will, mighty warrior, but the bottom half was that of a fish. And so he was a merman. And, you know, the, the, I think a lot of, if you look back in time, the Philistines' uh, trade was that of fishing, you know. I mean, a fish was, I mean, they revolved around fish. That's how they made their living. That's how they fed their families. And so, again, a lot of their wealth came from, from, from fishing. And so that kind of explains Dagon a little bit. Uh, and there's more to it that, that you can study. Very interesting. But in the midst of this temple was this idol. Huge idol. I, I, can, I can just imagine that it's probably as tall as this ceiling here. And uh, again, that's just speculation on my part. But it was a massive statue. And they wanted to take this prized possession, the ark, in a safe place. And so they put it in this temple where no one else could get to it. Because they wanted to protect it from whom out. And uh, so they put it in this temple. They locked the doors. Well, the next morning, the priests, they come back in. And they, what they see kind of blows them up. They see this idol that they have worshipped every day of their lives prostrate on the ground. So imagine its head is on the ground. Its face is against the ground. Its, head, its hands like this worshiping God's ark. Again, we, we learned a little bit about God's humor here. And so they're like, what in the world? It didn't break. I mean, it didn't fall. It was laid over by God. And so I imagine they had to get their engineering team and uh, dozens and dozens of people and raise this statue back up. Uh, you know, on its pedestal. And so that's, that's, that's kind of where, that's, and that happened the first day. So let's look at day number two. Let's look at verse four. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon, and both the palms of his hands were cut off. Only the stop of Dagon was left to him. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house, house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod until this day. So morning number two, they walk in 
And something even more miraculous takes place. Not only was, you know, the first morning was laid over, the second morning his head was cleanly cut off, and so were its hands. And God placed his head right there at the foot of the ark with his hands on the side. So God was giving them a message at this point. What message was God giving them? Well, you remember after David killed Goliath? He was dead. Remember what he did? He removed his head with his sword. And remember he wrote it back to a place that's called Golgotha and put it on a spear and then set it in the ground. This was a message that he was going to say is that God has victory. God had the victory this day. And that was the message that he was given to the Philistine people. And that the hands, it was that their God is powerless. Without hands, we can't do a whole lot. So God was telling them that I have got victory and you are powerless, this God that you serve. He is powerless and he has been defeated. So that's morning number two. <laughs> so let's read on. Let's read verses six through eight. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them, and he smote them with emrods, even Ashdod, and the coast thereof. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, The ark of the God of Israel shall not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon our God. They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of God of Israel be carried about unto Gath. And they carried the ark of the God of Israel about hither, about thither. So, day number three, what happens? God begins to, to cause people to die in this city. And not only that, but he smote the people that didn't die with emeralds. What, what is that? <laughs> so this was um, what we call a very aggravated hemorrhoid. It's basically what this is. Um, that's what he smote him with. Very personal. <laughs> Again, this is, speaks to, to God's, <laughs> God's humor. <laughs> so they were uh, in a bad place, and they think, you know, the common denominator here is that when we brought this ark, bad things started happening to not only the city of Ashdod, but to the surrounding areas. And so why don't we just go ahead and remove this ark out of here? And so that's exactly what they did. They moved it to still in the Philistine land, but to a different city. And so that's where we'll pick up reading and we'll finish up reading verses 9 through 12 at this point. And it was so that after they had carried it about that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he smote the men of the city, both small and great. And they had emeralds in their secret parts. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron. And it came to pass as the ark of God came to, to Ekron that the Ekronites cried out saying, They have brought about the ark 
of the God of Israel to us to slay us and our people. And so they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of God of Israel and let it go again to its own place that it slay us not and our people. And there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men that died not were smitten with the Nimrods, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. So we, we learn that, that the people of Ashdod passed the buck to, to another city, to a neighboring city, and the very same thing happens to this city. Men begin to, to die, both great and both small, and the ones that didn't die were, uh, were diseased with the Zimrods. And uh, anyway, just terrible, terrible things began to happen to the Philistine people. And so again, the common denominator was this ark. And so they're like, maybe we should give this back to God and his people. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. But I love how this chapter ends. You know, they were a very idolatrous people. But their cry went up to the heavens. And I don't know exactly what that means. It may have been that their cries were so great that the heavens heard them. I like to think that maybe they cried out to the one and only true God, the God that Israel served. I'm not exactly sure, but the cry was great. And they didn't cry to their gods, we know. You know, the, the children of Israel were, were in, in such a bad place that they could never, ever go into the land of the Philistines and recapture this ark. There's no way. Only God can win this battle for them. So what do we learn from this story, in this chapter? You know, there's lessons that the Philistines learned. And there's lessons that the Israelites learned. I think about the Philistines. They loved idols. And there were repercussions for those idols. You know, there are some times in our life that hardships happen. And it may be because God is trying to grow us in our faith. But what we learn from this, from the idols of Dagon, is that there are sometimes hardships come to our lives because of idols. Because of idols. We know that covetousness is an idol. I was talking to a man this week that is going through a very difficult time. And I just encouraged him. I said, why don't you take time off from work to, to take care of this matter? And he said, Clint, I can't. He said, I've got myself in a financial situation that I cannot take off or I'm going to go bankrupt. Um, he was living from paycheck to paycheck because he overextended himself financially. And when bad things happened, he could not take time off of work to fix those things. Sometimes, sometimes we get ourselves in a pickle financially because of covetousness. We buy things that we cannot afford. And it causes hardships on our lives. You know, sometimes it's our idols are pleasure. You know, I call our phones the pocket idols because sometimes they can become an idol. When we spend four or five hours on a phone, that's a lot of time throughout the day. And uh, 
you know, it's an epidemic. Our young people are going through depression right now, and they don't know why. But the reality, the doctors and, and psychologists are saying it's coming from, from our phones. You know, again, these are just idols that, that cause hardships for us in our lives. Sometimes uh, the idol that we serve is our own flesh. And we become very selfish in nature, which causes hardships in our relationships. Again, these are just lessons that we can learn from the Philistine peoples. They loved idols, but yet they, we learned of their hardships. Their life was turned upside down. Sometimes ours do too. And so we need to really examine ourselves and figure out what those idols are in our lives and break them into a million pieces. Destroy them. You know, I think about the Israelite people and some of the lessons that they learned. As we know, they were a, they were a humble people. They're, they weren't a mighty nation. But what they did have was God. And what was a hopeless situation to them, God worked mightily. And sometimes He brings us to situations in our life to where we fall flat on our face and we know, I can't. There's a million Philistines in front of us and we have just ourselves. And we got to know that God has brought us there so He can show us His glory. And it has to be a hopeless situation before we can know the power of God sometimes. And so let's know that God can do all things. Amen. These are some of the lessons that we can learn from this story. So I appreciate so much your kind attention this morning. Brother Kalen has chosen an invitation song. And as we stand and sing this song, there may be some this morning that have not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has told us that without blood, there can be no remission of our sins. We have to come in contact with the blood of Jesus. So this morning, if you have faith and you want to repent and turn and give your lives to Jesus Christ and you want to be immersed in the waters of baptism, which is that blood of Jesus Christ, you can be resurrected in newness of life this very day. And you can put that old man behind you and you can walk as a new creature in Jesus Christ. This morning, if you feel like there is a mighty nation in front of you and you feel like you're all alone, and you need strength this morning, as we all do from time to time, then know that God's hand is great and that He can win. We can turn to the end of the book. We can see that God wins. We just want to be on His side. And this morning, if you have forgotten that and been trying to fight this battle all by yourself, know that you have the body of Jesus. The body of Jesus is designed to help you when you're in that bad state. God is there to help you when we're, we don't feel like we can go any further. And I thank God for that. You've been a great audience. Let's stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.